Welcome to the Rick Roberts School of Laughs podcast, where we aim to make you bigger, better, and more bookable. From the aspiring comedian to the part-time pro, this is the podcast for you. We'll talk all things comedy from the page to the stage, and now it's showtime. Welcome back, everybody. This is Rick Roberts, and I've got our producer in the studio with us today. How's it going there, Gavin? Hi, how are you? And uh, we're going to kick around a few different ideas today. We've had a lot of fun with these podcasts, and you guys are obviously listening because we're starting to get some questions coming in. Yeah. And we had a few kind of on the same topic, you said. Yeah, um, yeah, a lot of the students... wanted to know what what kind of apps or tools uh are you using i mean you know everybody's using their cell phones and stuff and you see people using their cell phones up on stage but like what what are the apps that they're using what what are you using you know the tools and stuff like that to organize your your material that's a great question and with the smartphones now it's so great because you have those little recording devices built right into your phone so uh, those are of course handy you always want to record your sets especially early on here to see where you can get better and, and tighten things up when you say record like are you talking about because when i did one i thought about can i hit record on my cell phone and just walk up there and set it on the stool is that what you mean yes that's the best way that's what i do okay i put it there sometimes there's a nice place in the back of the room where you can put it where it's safe sound booth or something like that but at an open mic i just take it right up on the stage put it on the stool and you'll face the recording out to the audience so at least you can maximize what it should have sounded like (laughs) Um, so you use anything you can to get it down one of the best apps though that i use and i know a lot of comics are using is the evernote app Right. Do you use that, Gavin? Yeah, I do. I I love it because I wrote a bunch of stuff on my computer in Evernote, and then I found myself at the open mic. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, what was that thing?" I, oh no, it's on my phone. And so I, it was it was great because it synced my computer stuff to my phone, Absolutely. and I was able to look at it right then. Yeah, Evernote is great. You can actually hit a record button on Evernote and record your set right into right. Evernote. Yeah. Without having to drag something in. Uh, you can bring in other documents, Word files, and just copy and paste and drop them in. Right. You can bring in pictures, video, anything you can do, you can put right in Evernote, and it, it does. It syncs it up to every device you have. And one of the things I saw actually on it that I just found out was you could, with a separate little thing, you could uh, take a picture and then like circle like with handwriting or whatever on that picture. Sometimes you, you end up with like a bunch of information that you have no clue, no reference for to, to think of you know, what, what, what you were actually trying to thought was funny about it right. so there's a way to like you know circle on that and and yeah you can annotate you know. different pictures yeah. and things you i mean you can take a picture of you and three people at the club and then as soon as they walk away you write down their names <laughs> yeah. on the picture so you remember who the bartender was at the yes, club and who the door guy was yeah. so when you come back to that venue or that open mic you can call people by their name yeah. and if you can connect with the people that don't expect any respect or don't get it enough right and look them in the eye and call them by their name little things like that will add up for you as you go down the road but yeah, Evernote is the way to go. I actually have, I mean, I can go through right now and tell you what I have in my Evernote files. I have a file of tried and true jokes ready for the next CD. Right. I have a file, jokes already recorded on CD. I got a file, jokes on video on YouTube already. Right. Jokes that I want on video on YouTube. So anytime I'm in sure. a situation where I can record, like, what's the best use of tonight? It may not be the joke that I wrote today. It might be the set that I'm trying to put together for something down the right, road. Right, right, right. Uh, whenever I do a corporate event and and do an hour show or 30 minutes or whatever it is, I copy my master list of my jokes in there, and then I 
take out any that I didn't do. So if I work for that group again down the road, I can see what jokes and I haven't heard before. A, you can create a separate list of those things for right. that thing. Okay. Yeah. So I, I, there's no reason for me to go back to some different some place and do the exact same set. Right. Because I can, I can just pull up Evernote and see what I did last time. Yeah. And then, you know, drop all those and pick the next thing. Sure. Uh, I have jokes in progress, JIPs, where they're they're getting close, but I haven't nailed them down yet. And so that's really on the, on the top, the first page. That's right. what I look at every time. Like, how can I get these things better? Yeah. Uh, then I have loose ideas that are just, you know, you wake up in the middle like of the night. Concept. It, yeah, you're yeah. like, pillowcases. That's right. hilarious. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, the next morning, like, what did I think of? Well, yeah. I, it's in my notes now, so at right. least I can go back. And I've got, I, I, I could actually take all those. There's thousands of those things over the courses of the years that, that I have no idea what they meant. Yeah. But I still have the idea loosely in there so I can maybe come back to it at some point. Also, for Evernote, you know, all the contacts you make. Right. If you're out at a club, once again, you can do a quick voice note in there and say, hey, uh, the guy that went up before me was named Jim, whatever. He was hilarious. Facebook him. Yeah. Make sure I check him yeah. out later. He mentioned some kind of open mic in Chattanooga right. at some place called Giggles. Yeah. <laughs> Put all that into your Evernote, and it syncs across the board, so, and it's in the cloud, so right. it's not only on your device. It's magic, basically. Yeah. If you drop yeah. your phone in the toilet because you had a bad set and you got mad and you had to take it out somewhere, at least the next day, you can find out yeah. all the information that you had on there before so there's others out there i don't think anything is as quick and as large and as free as evernote that's kind of what i found yeah you can upgrade it but i've never had to and i got a yeah. ton of stuff in there yeah 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 no it it's uh it definitely helped me like last just the not having my notebook or whatever in front of me and then having that i was like okay i've got my my all my stuff is here mm -hmm. like in my hand in my phone which i'd never lose so one nice little spot there to have it yeah in. so that'll alleviate you from having to carry around a bunch of different things yeah. and worrying about where stuff is so definitely want to get in on that uh had a couple other questions in here too this one i thought was really interesting where do you see comedy going in the next 10 to 20 years <sighs> Now that's <laughs> ten to I don't even you know you can't predict things, but there's trends that we see going on for sure. Yeah, uh, the biggest thing in the past five six years is that you used to have to chase an agent around and try to get in front of somebody, right. and you know it would drive you crazy trying to find out how to do that. And now all you have to do is develop your following, and, and those an numbers, agent, the, the person who's going to book you for other gigs or something, mm -hmm. right? Okay, yeah, so. Uh, if you if you have your own following, you know people, agents and managers, they're always on YouTube. They're always looking at Google Trends and all these different yeah. things. If you've got all of a sudden a thousand followers, five thousand, ten or fifteen, you start getting on different radars, and they really want not just you and your comedy; they want your following. Right. So you can build your audience anywhere, uh, any age, in any location. You know, you might be a little limited on population or whatever, but right. if you're in a big city and you're funny, people will follow, but you have to encourage them to like your page, subscribe to your newsletter, ideally follow you on Twitter or subscribe to your newsletter. Really what, and it doesn't have, don't even call it a newsletter because people won't get it. Right. Call it insider tips or things you can download yeah. for free. Like right, we're doing right, right. You know, make it interesting and give them some value for it. But the email address is what you want to get. Facebook, even though they're making tons of money and they just shot through the roof on their, their last yeah. you know, quarterly report and all that stuff, they own everything on Facebook. We're, we're just giving them information and they're using sure. the internet and they're, they're making money. If Facebook's collapse, you know, if it collapses, all your information, all your likes, all that stuff is gone. Gone, right. If you have emails, you can 
constantly contact. keep in contact yeah. with people. And people, when they get an email from somebody they like, if you're a comic and they like you, and you actually send an email out, give them a shout out once in a while, give them reasons to come to your show, say, hey, print out this email and bring it, and I'll give you a, a free CD or whatever. Whatever, yeah. It makes a connection with, with your followers. So the, the, the key being to just build followers. You've got to build followers. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be a huge number. It just has to be a loyal number. Yeah. And they're only going to be loyal if you're giving them something of value. Right. And so whether it's, you know, you know, one thing I did back in the early days of email was I asked people, um, are you afraid to tell a joke on stage? Email me one, and I'll put it on the stage tonight and record it, and yeah. I'll put it on my website. <laughs> and so I would get these ideas. Sometimes they were horrible. Right. Sometimes they were sure. pretty good. I mean, this is before people could post on Facebook. Right. So they didn't know if they were funny or not. Yeah. And I would record that, and once a week, upload it to my website, huh. and people could see their joke told by a comedian. Wow. And I only did it that one time, you know, and then it was theirs again. Yeah. But it kind of found a little shortcut for them to see if they're funny. Yeah. So just do something fun and unique like that. And it doesn't give have it, to be long. Oh, no, it doesn't have to be super, super short. I always gauge things by how long do I stand in line. Right. Three minutes. I'm in line for three minutes. If I'm going to do something in an email, I want them to be able to read it in three minutes. So, okay, so what would be, like, if you were to try to do something today, what would be the thing you would do? Because I was thinking, like, I might go pick out a news article or something to talk about and just record a video of me talking about that and put that on? Is that, like, what you're talking about? Just Yeah, you could do you something know. like that. It, you know, it's whatever – each fan base and each comic can be a little bit different. different. So, you know, what do your followers expect from you? What do they like about your show? If Is there a joke you can actually go – like, I do a joke about accidentally buying my wife a – for the engagement ring, a toe ring. <laughs> okay. And that was a it's a it's a staple in my corporate show and people really like that joke. Right. And so I had a chance I had a, a three camera crew follow me around for this uh, bananas family comedy taping and they're like, is there any of your bits you want to get on video? You know. Yeah. I said let's actually go to a jewelry store, and I'll bring in this I call it the turkey hand drawing that I had her make on Thanksgiving of her right. hand. Sure. And take it in there and see if he could size up the ring. All this different stuff. So anyway, it was it's a visual extension of the material you do on stage. Right. You might want to show them how you came up with a joke. So maybe you have a joke on stage. You can go back and show them the newspaper article that inspired gotcha. it. Gotcha. Okay. Um, you know, I talk about my friend John in this joke. Here's Johnny right here. Right. You know, anything like that that shows them insight be- behind where you came up with the comedy. I mean, I'm a fan of that, obviously. That's what I like to, insight, to teach. To insight, yeah. Yeah, so insight. It can be totally not comedy related. Okay. You know, it, and that just depends on how much you want to share with your followers. I mean... Family pictures. Here, here's me and my wife, or we're over at this place, or here's my kid doing this. You got to kind of keep that on a short leash. But people do find that interesting, right? You know, it's 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 rare that somebody will let you into their personal life. Yeah, and you don't have to do that, but it will create a deeper connection. Sure. So, you know, comedy is going that direction in the next 10, 15 years. It's only going to get more personal. And people can plug into you. I mean, more comics are doing podcasts, obviously. It's a way to connect yeah. and to talk about things off stage that you know, may, may not be funny on stage, but it shows you're following who you are. Yeah. So those are great things. TV show-wise, you know, we've seen the demise of the sitcom. Yeah. It, it's pretty hard to it's, – it's expensive compared to everything else. It's hard to watch them all sort of failing. It's, yeah. It's, it's and rough. the thing is, I mean, right now, um, Last Comic Standing is back on. Yep. And the grand prize is two hundred fifty thousand dollars, and yeah. the chances for your own development deal, yeah. which w- has been a similar prize, and none of those guys have ever had anything develop, and sometimes the deals weren't even offered to them after sure. the thing. So it just shows you how hard it is to find uh, a comic, put them on TV, and have their whole show revolve around. Now they're still trying to do that, but I don't see comedy going that direction so much anymore. 
I see comedy and, and great comedians building their following, streaming on Netflix, their own specials without right. any kind of network involvement. Yeah. Uh, we've already seen Louis C.K. and uh, Jim Gaffigan offer downloads off their websites yeah. and totally bypassing things, HBO or whatever. Yeah, a lot of things are going straight to Netflix mm-hmm. uh, as well. You know, they're just doing the, the show just for Netflix or whatever. The other the other thing is, it, you know, uh, the thing that strikes me sometimes about the question is where's where do you see comedy going? It's almost like uh, I haven't the the idea of like I haven't picked my own style yet, so I'm trying to figure out where styles are going so I can get in with that style and you know be part of the cool crowd a little bit and and you know make this easy on myself. And I think that's not going to work. It's not like you got to be yourself. Like all the people who have really like succeeded, they didn't sound like the people they came from out of nowhere. And like you know your Bill Hicks your Louis C.K. You mm-hmm. know all those guys, Bill Cosby, all those guys did things that were different and not where comedy was heading. You know, right? And, yeah, and they you, did something different, and that's where they came from. Yeah, if, if and this is natural when you first start. You only anybody that's starting comedy is because they've got a couple of favorite comics, and they've seen enough comics where like I can do that better. <laughs> yeah, right. You can't. But. So <laughs> yeah, but all you've got are like styles to watch. Yeah, and so to 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 create your own style is almost impossible. Right. To follow somebody else's style is easy to do, but. If they're hot now, the styles all come around. Sure, you know, and, and actually in this in this question here, the second part was you know talking more about styles and stuff. You know, is it going to be fast, faster paced comedy? Are people going to slow down for more storytelling? Yeah, and it doesn't really matter. Uh, the accessibility to it is going to supersede everything. If you're doing right. good quality stuff, if it's a great quality storytelling, if you're a storytelling comedy, they're going to find you. Yeah, if you're great at the quick. You know, 16 laughs a minute, they're going to find you. Um, so develop what you think is Can funny. I have that? Can I have 16 laughs a minute? <laughs> Maybe write one or two. Yeah. One or two minutes like that in your yeah. whole life. But yeah. but you got to find out what you think is funny. Right. And then people will, that identify with you will become your audience. Right, right, right. And so that's that should take a lot of pressure off the situation. And if you don't know who you are yet that's okay if you're if you've only been on stage five or ten times i'm not expecting you to have a clearly defined self-portrait but you should be paying attention to what people say to you about your show on the way out right one of the best things you can do is hang out by the door and as people leave they'll come over they'll shake your hand hey i liked your set but they'll usually tell you i like that one joke about so-and-so i got a brother like that sure make mental notes of what they're connecting with right um but be aware that sometimes they connect with nothing Yeah. yeah i remember uh I can't remember who I was working with, but it was a, a typical comedy club show, me and two other comics, and I was the opening act. There was a feature and a headliner. Sure. And so the feature and headliner are all selling merchandise out by the door, and I'm just hanging out with them, helping them if they need it or whatever, make change out of 10s and 20s or whatever. Right. And so people come out of the show, hey, they tell the headliner, you were hilarious, you were hilarious. I'm going to come back and see you. They, they look at the feature, nice show, man. You really got something oh. going on. Then they got to me, and they, they go, Nice effort. Oh, no. And, man, I could have, if they hadn't said anything, I would have been totally fine with it. Fine, yeah. But to imply that there was effort without success. Right. Oh, it crushed me. And it it made me work twice as hard. So you got to be prepared for when people say things that you don't expect. But I took that as a sign that, you know, maybe maybe my effort was all I had. Yeah. You know, I I need to work more on material. Right. I was all about the selling of the few jokes I had. Yeah. Um, So position yourself where people can give you feedback. And as well, um, as you're trying to figure out yourself, and that that's that was exactly me. I, I I I'm I feel like I'm doing jokes and stuff that aren't quite me yet, 
but I I'm working on finding me and I'm getting closer and closer and closer but you know that that's just a style thing I guess I'm trying to figure out what who I am and what that means in terms of style right know? well that's that's the thing you have to try it all out yeah because how does a sculptor sculpt a statue he chips away at all the stuff that isn't supposed to be there. Right. Yeah. So when you're doing open mics and you're on stage for your first three to five years or whatever it takes you to kind of get to know who you are, all you're really doing is chiseling away all the stuff that audiences don't relate to. Yeah. And pretty soon you're just left with the stuff that they do. Right. And so you're creating your sculpture over time. You can't start off you have a big block right now. If you're yeah. just starting, you got a big square block of granite. Oh, in my head, it's, I'm opening Madison Square Garden. Yeah. But in reality, like... You're just a dense you know, bunch of, <laughs> of solid material. Of, of just, yeah, of nothing. And the crowd, yeah. that, they kind of see that. And open mic, they see They can mic, smell it from it. a million miles yeah. away. But occasionally, you chip something away, or you chip enough away where they see the brilliance behind it. And you it. get an honest laugh, and, and you like, get that. Yeah, that guy's got something. He just yeah. needs to get rid of all that other That's stuff. That's why I didn't kill myself on the way home from <laughs> from the last open mic. Because <laughs> I how, did get I, I got one one or two solid laughs, and I was like, okay, we're good. All I right. can build off of that. Yeah, so not today. Takes Don't a have to kill myself to today. Chip away at it, you know. But interesting question. Where do you see comedy in the next 10 or 20 years? It, it seems to me that because everybody can get on YouTube and, and create channels and websites are so cheap and Tumblr's free yeah. and you can just drop a, a, a video into Facebook or what have you, I think you'll see more people who think they're comics. Yes. Uh, more people who are just testing the waters and never really go after it but just find their little followings on yeah. And that's fine too. Comedy, you can you can bring a lot of value to people's lives by being funny and cheering them up. Right. A couple things here or there. Um, but to get out there and go do it, I think it's going to be more and more competitive. Yeah. I think you have to be sharper and more everybody's going to have content. Everybody. Everybody's going to have content, so people are going to be searching out the good content, and they're going to be worn out from a bunch of bad content. So if you can provide something good, yep. it'll be worth its weight in gold. Yep. The, your word of mouth is key. Getting your followers to talk about you, sharing yeah. the stuff that you're putting out there, all those things are big. Um, and social media, I mean, Twitter is uh, yeah, Twitter's kind of dropped a little bit, in, yeah. and it's... You know, people aren't, they don't like the ads popping up and things. Yes. So there's going to be something else like a vine that, that catches on bigger than Vine mm-hmm. did. Yeah. Something around the corner. You can count on that happening. I don't know what it's going to be. Um, maybe it's going to be three minute comedy specials that people watch when they're in line. I mean, that's, that's what I would like. Something, you know, where, where you can get in there, get a, sometimes the ads on YouTube or whatever are so long, mm-hmm. it's not worth it. I'm angry by the time I'm watching whatever oh. video, and I'm furious because I just had to watch <laughs> some, like, horrible, you know, video. It's awful, like, you know, I don't know, some movie trailer or something before I'm going to watch what I want to watch. But yeah, wait till you have kids. It's because <laughs> my 18-month-old daughter wants to watch YouTube clips of The Wiggles or Elmo. Oh. And the people that put those clips up know... That you know, you watch two or three for free, but yeah, that yeah, fourth yeah. one is always a thirty-second ad. And yeah. she'll look at, she'll sit at my lap and look at me, and go, "Come on, show." Yeah, she'll say that now. I'm like, but she knows to wait through it. Yeah, I can't wait. Through. And and the commercials aren't always appropriate for me. Not that no, an eighteen month old right. is registering a lot of things, but they're trying to sell cars and stuff to the parents. Yeah, here's are, Gladiator, and yeah. then yeah, right, yeah. The, I saw I, a Game of Thrones ad yes. before an Elmo it's video. Terrible, and like, you know. And then when you, <laughs> my, the worst part of my entire life has boiled down to whether I. It says skip ad. You can sometimes it says skip ad, and then and that's all good. But then when it doesn't say that and you can't, yeah. I want to kill somebody. <laughs> that's it. Just rises up in me, and I'm like, why? Why can't I skip? 
it reminds me of, and I think it's Jim Gaffigan, but I could be wrong. But he's like, you ever been reading an article and says this article continues on page three? Not oh, for me, it doesn't. Yeah, <laughs> like, absolutely. If you can't sum it up, I'm not going to take I'm, the energy to follow this story through I'm the newspaper. Done. And now I'm angry <laughs> at the, the the sponsor. I'm angry at everybody. Yeah, not not exactly. Uh, but but content. Yeah, creating a lot of content. Yeah, coming up. you get it out there. You know. I think I mentioned in our last live class that done is better than perfection. If you're yeah. trying to perfect something, it's never going to get out there. Yeah. But get something done so you can get reaction to it and mm-hmm. make it better. Yeah. Uh, I've got a, a songwriter friend who probably has 100 great songs, and I've heard them. They're killer. But he's right. trying to make each of them perfect. And guess how many songs he's actually got recorded in Nashville in the past 35 years? <laughs> Zero. Zero. <laughs> but he's got 10 albums yeah. worth of killer stuff. Yeah. He just has to say it's done. So... Um, just get it out there. You'll you'll get your following. Then I got another question here. Should a comedian accept every opportunity to perform or be more selective? For example, performing at a banquet while people are eating. Ooh. I know my answer. What do you think, Gavin, as a newcomer? <laughs> lasagna, I love lasagna comedy uh, <laughs> or the boiled chicken comedy. Oh, man. I, I think it depends on where you are in your career. I mean, you know, if... If you're, like I said, if you're Louis C.K., you should not be doing buffet humor. Like, it's not going to be good. But right. if you're a different type, maybe, I don't know, you know. I I occasionally get asked at these corporate events, you know, when would you like to start? Would you like right. to start uh, after they sit down for dinner yeah. or during dessert? And the answer is always, after dessert's been served, all the dishes are, cl- are cleared off the table. That's the loudest sound ever. The loudest sound. I said, if we start while they're clearing <laughs> one table, I said, so so when you introduce me, they, the wait staff has to know they've got 60 minutes in the back to chill out. Yep. And I don't mean rattling the dishes back there behind where the stage. You said 16 minutes. Is 60. Si- oh, six. I was like, 16 is very short. <laughs> yeah. No. I usually do 50 to 60 minutes. Okay, 50 to 60. Okay. And so sometimes I go, the only the only time available we have for you is during dinner. So then you ask the question, what else do you have going on that night after me? Well, then we've got awards and we've got announcements. Okay, during dinner, do awards or door prizes. Yeah. You know, and then when all that's done and it's quiet, then the comedian. Yeah. And if they still say no... Because usually you're having this conversation with someone who has no clue. Never booked comedian. an event. You're not talking to another comedian that happens to work at this big corporate you know, place right. going, oh yeah, I totally get it. Right. It's a corporate event planner or realistically, it's a lady that was in the closest cubicle next to the boss. Yeah. And he walked out and goes, who, hey, hey Jane, can you book this comedian? run this thing, yeah. And so I, I'm pretty steadfast in that and if they say we only have during the meal, <sighs> then I say, well, I'll do 20 minutes and it's still after dessert and there's still no service during that. Right. I said, then you can go on and do your thing, but I cannot. Do you, have you split that? You mean splitting it up, doing twenty minutes before? before. No, if they only have oh. time for comedian, then I'm not going to do an hour. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. People okay. cannot, but I'll do twenty minutes for you, while if that's all you, you know. So and it can go either way. Now early on in your career, that might be just the only it. opportunity you get just to get do paid. It. Yeah, get up there and just tell the event planner that normally. This is not during a meal, yeah. and people can laugh. Yeah. So when I'm up there for 20 minutes, and you have to have thick skin. Yes. When they're not laughing for 20 minutes, I know they're enjoying it. You may not realize that because you don't hear the laughter. Right. But you're the one that chose to have this during the meal. Yeah. But by all means, try not to ever do that. Yeah. Uh, if it's if you're getting paid, and it's, you know, the, the, the key thing is as you progress, you don't want to put yourself in any positions to fail. Right. And so you want to maximize your value and charge you, the top of your dollar. 
But early on, you might not even have a dollar. Right. And yeah. if, the, if the only time somebody says you can perform and they'll pay you is during a buffet. Do it. Do it. But just realize, do you, it. don't bring the video cameras for that night unless yeah. you want to show people how not to do it. And I think you, you also need to know, like, not only when you're doing it, but what your material is going to be and the style and that kind of stuff for that kind of thing, you know, whether it's going to be dinner appropriate as opposed to club appropriate. Well, that's true. You know, there's some things you may not even think is not appropriate. Yeah. But if it's any kind of gross out stuff while, while they're eating dinner, they're just yeah. going to groan. Yeah. Um, so that was his specific question. But also, are there other opportunities to perform that you should be more selective about as well? Here's something that I, I will say now. Because I've done them and I've you know I've seen what they're like. Um, if you this should... is a funeral. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I've, I've, have you ever done a funeral? I'm trying to think. It seems like I would have, but I haven't. <laughs> I've performed as opposed to having a band at probably eight or nine wedding receptions. Right. Oh, and man. and there has to be ground rules for that as yeah. well. But are there places I would be more selective about? You know, when you first start. With the exception of charging somebody crazy money for something you're not prepared to do, right? take it as a learning experience, but never promise somebody more time than you can actually do. Mm-hmm. You know, just because it's in the long run, in the long run, it's your reputation that you're building even before your act. Because you'll do it once and never get asked back. Right. Yeah. And depending on how big that circle of, of uh, the, you know, whether the, the events at a company thing or whoever, the amount of people that can find out you failed can be oh, huge yeah. and the word can get out those trainer the train the the uh, trainers and the event planners and stuff they talk all the time yeah. and so you just end up on that black list of nah it was bad yeah so i would be selective in that sense and just say listen i know you guys want an hour i only got 10 but yeah. i've got five other friends that can do 10 right so if you don't mind having a, a few different comics taking the stage we'll do it and this will be the price and what have you now in terms of the like maybe you know away from the corporate setting like, are there bar- – like, I know sometimes, like, in this sort of new comedy world, mm-hmm. people are starting to use uh, rock clubs and stuff like that for comedy venues. Um, are, are there places that, uh, like, are just really bad to – The toughest – Not conducive to comedy. Yeah, I mean, the toughest is an outdoor event. And there's lots of people that want comedy at outdoor events. Right. The tricky part as the comedian is you're still connecting, you're still getting your laughs, but the laughs go straight up into the ozone. <laughs> Nothing comes forward outside. So you the just wind feel like you're talking it. yourself. There's so many distractions. Yeah. You have to really take on a new mindset when you do those gigs and say, okay, yeah. if if I get a third of what I normally get in a controlled environment outside, if I get a third of what I'm used to, I'm doing pretty, pretty good. good. Okay. And you also always have to prepare the event planner for that. Yeah. I'm not big at uh, limiting and, and making people's expectations, at, you know, lowering their expectations. Right. But I like it to be realistic. Yeah. And say, listen, it's there's reasons that there's no HBO specials filmed outside. Outside, yeah. You know, there's reasons that even, uh, you know, it just doesn't work. Yeah. It doesn't. So those are the toughest. And sometimes, once again, they go, well, this is an outdoor festival. Yeah. Last year, I did something in uh, southern Ohio. It was an apple festival. Sure. And they called up and said, you know, where, where would you like to perform at our apple festival? I'm like, where's the most air-conditioned place you yeah. have? <laughs> oh, we're talking about which street corner do you want to perform on? Oh. I'm like, wait, is there a stage? Well, there's a stage. It's on the corner of Maine and Elm. It's a box. Yeah. I mean, but it's oh, a stage, God. but everybody's walking by their corn dogs. Oh. And uh, so... So I told them, you know, it's probably not going to work great. Yeah. They need to have chairs. There needs to be proper lighting Come sound. Back. I'm just doing like you jokes. for a band. Yeah. yeah. And, you know. They need street performers, not a comedian. Right. <laughs> they need a magician. Yeah. They need a juggler. They need a, hip, uh, not a hypnotist. They need a um, 
puppeteer. Yeah. What am I trying to say there? The old uh, ventriloquist. Yeah. They need something like that. Yeah. And so you got to either turn it down, say, I can't do it, but I got a buddy who can refirm and try yeah. to help a buddy out, maybe make some commission on it. Yeah. Or just let them know it's going to be triple my normal fee because it's going to hurt. It's going to be it's painful. Gonna hurt. It's gonna <laughs> so it depends on how big your mortgage is. Yeah. Those kinds of things. But you don't want to do so many of those that, that you get bummed out and you don't like doing comedy. Yeah. And you don't do so many that people realize every time they've seen you, it's been a horrible environment. Right. You must be a horrible comic. Yeah. So take what you can get. Make the expectations reasonable. And um, you learn from your mistakes. Some of those will be fun. Yeah. Some of my most memorable experiences happened when it was just a bad experience. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll give you one quick example. Uh, Inside New Year's Eve, Kellogg Arena, Battle Creek, Michigan, with an improv group. And the (laughs) arena was packed. They had us on scaffolding about 34 feet up in the air. Was it packed for what? New Year's Eve, big oh, big party. Doing a big okay. Yeah, we're gonna have the, we're gonna have a ba- uh, co- comics in here instead of a band. <laughs> so we're asking for suggestions oh to people Lord. that are forty something feet down below yeah. us. Oh no! And and the the sound system we had was the the big Bertha speaker that's in the middle of the arena. Oh my god! And so there was a delay between that, and after about I don't know, ten or fifteen minutes, we got to this sketch where we ask a question like we have a, we have a an expert up here on stage. You can ask him any question about anything, and he'll give you the answer. Right. And it's three of us trying to answer sure. the question. And somebody in the crowd goes, how about when's the comedy start? Oh. And I got the biggest laugh. Yeah. And then the guy who put it on realized, this is probably not going to be a good show. It's yeah. Just, Sorry, guys. It was my mistake. Cut it. Yeah. But I'll always remember that night because oh, it was man. New Year's Eve. That's it was a brutal. big paycheck, and it just was a, a huge failure. That's brutal. So <laughs> once again, I wasn't. I didn't hear about how it was going to be set up ahead of time. But I was next time, up. if somebody said, you know, you might go, hey, you know, here's a better idea because yep. that was painful. So I, I've actually got a sheet, and I'll try to make it available on the schooloflast.com website called 10 Tips for a Perfect Party. Oh, yeah. And that's something I use for corporate events. But you can kind of look through that and make your own list up for right. when you get called for a gig. Okay. So you just have something on the table that you can both look at and set yeah. reasonable expectations. Yeah. All right. Great. Well, that was quite a bit of an email we got in. Yeah. <laughs> we encourage you to keep sending those in. And uh, this podcast is all about you and your questions. So I hope you picked up a few tidbits there you can put into use. Yeah. And we'll catch you on the next one. Send them in. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the School of Laughs podcast. For information on upcoming classes, check out schooloflaughs.com. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a ranking on iTunes. Send any questions or comments to schooloflaughs at gmail.com. And until next time, stay tuned, stay focused, and stay funny.